Welcome to the VoiceOver Insider Podcast. For VO industry news, tips, and information, be sure to subscribe using the subscribe button on this site. I'm Gary McFadden, the podcast co-host along with Julie Williams. Julie, what's coming up on the podcast today? I'm talking to Eric Shepard, Gary. He's the founder of The Shepard Agency, a voiceover talent agency that's been around for decades. And he's seen many changes in the industry over the years. Welcome, Eric. I'm glad you're here with us today. Hey, nice to talk to you, Julie. So some of the changes that we've seen over the years are, are, you know, in the 80s to 90s, all of a sudden people were becoming more conversational and then and then along came the internet and then the advent of pay to play and then and then voiceover conferences, starting with the uh, VOICE conferences with James and Penny and then home studios and social media and, and of course now COVID-19. Uh, which one of those uh, or even something else do you think maybe had the biggest impact on the voiceover industry over the decades? Wow. Um, you know, they were all big ones. Um, you know, the, the conferences, I think, uh, just kind of piggybacked off of the general interest. You know, they were, again, they were all big. They were all kind of sea changes. The conversational thing was huge, especially for males. Uh, you know, there were so many announcers that kind of, uh, you know, they ran the town. They, they were doing everything and they had the big boomy voices. And that was, you know, when you thought of voiceover, that's what you thought of. And then when things went conversational, a lot of those guys couldn't do that. You know, a lot of the big radio jock voices and stuff were unable uh, to sound conversational. So I think that opened it up to a lot more people. And I think a lot of the things that you're mentioning, they're really all uh, similar in that it's a matter of opening it up, uh, allowing more people into the fold, uh, which is not necessarily a great thing. I mean, it's led to, in, in many ways, the downfall. Uh, of the industry, or at least it's not what it used to be, because there's just too many people, man. You know, it's the market is flooded. Um, With unqualified people. Yeah. Well, you know, there's just everybody. Well, you know, you mentioned the internet. Obviously, that was huge. And that changed a lot of businesses. But, you know, before that, you know, most people didn't even know what what voiceover was. Uh, You know, I've been saying the same thing for years, you know, back in the day when, you know, you'd be at a barbecue or something and people say, oh, what do you do for a living? You say, oh, I'm in voiceover. You know, they would go nuts, man. It it was like, you know, you said you were a unicorn trainer. They were just, what in the world? That's a thing? That's something you could do? You know, they were just like shocked and amazed um, in that people were doing this for a living, were in this industry. And now it's, you know, everybody and, and their brother. And a lot of that is because of the internet, because of the technology. You know, back in the day, we were, you know, you had a remortgage. Uh, you know, to set up your studio, you had racks of gear and all kinds of stuff. And um, now, you know, a few hundred bucks, you could set yourself up and be, uh, you know, sound like really pretty good. Yeah, like and the big that, guy. Sure, that same sound would have cost you, you know, could have cost you tens of thousands beforehand, uh, before, you know, everything was plugins and your ADs were cheap. And um, so that opened it up to everybody. And then you had, you know, the pay to plays and that opened it up to even more people. You know, and then you had people saying, hey, come on, come on in, you know, do it. You can do this. Make money in your pajamas. It's easy. It's just talking, et cetera. So, you know, they spent a lot of time going out there and marketing and bringing more people in. And 
folks said, hey, wait a second, I could do that. I could set up a, a website for cheap. I could set up my studio for cheap. Um, you know, this is, this is doable. This is attainable. Uh, I can be an actor. Whereas again, beforehand, you know, people either didn't even know what that was. They didn't know how to get started. Uh, or it just seemed like such a pie in the sky, you know, crazy thing to do you know, they wouldn't have bothered. So it's really anything that that makes it more inclusive or more doable uh, has a huge impact on uh, on the business and, and the folks that are already in it. You know, with some of the changes, um, like the home studios really being pretty cheap to get one together that can give you pristine audio, I think a lot of people are getting in the industry who really aren't realizing it's a business as such as they don't have capital. And so they don't want to take training or, you know, they don't want to learn what they're doing and they don't want to spend the money in marketing and they want everything for free because they have a voice and they can talk and they have a good voice, which actually can get in the way sometimes. So what do you think about that? You know, I think there's a lot of arrogance uh, in a way, you know, whereas beforehand, uh, again, it seems so unattainable and so difficult to do. Uh, now I think we have folks, you know, that are really buying into this, uh, you know, follow your dream. You could do anything kind of thing. And they do complain, you know, sometimes, oh, well, this is expensive or that's expensive. Or, you know, they say, well, I'm going to, you know, go on microphone shopping. You were talking about gear and you say, well, you know, listen, you could get a 416. It's like a thousand dollars, you know, a thousand dollars. Well, I'm not going to put that kind of money into it. What, what kind of money do you want to make? Uh, you know, what do you think you're getting yourself into? Or you get the folks that, uh, you know, people talk about this online and stuff because it's just, you know, it's amusing. They just start and all they want to do is put together a shopping list because shopping is fun. Learning is difficult. So it's fun to go out and buy stuff and put it together and cobble it together. And then when you look around and you go, look at this, I've got some wires and a microphone and there's some blinking lights. I must be a voiceover talent now. Uh, and they have no idea what the heck they're doing. So you know, it's like, well, it's cart and then horse. And you got to figure, <laughs> figure out, you know, which order they're supposed to be in. Um, so, you know, the best gear in the world, you go out and spend, you know, $100,000. Uh, and it's not going to do anything for you if you can't act, for God's sakes. Uh, but then, there, you know, there's the flip side of the coin. You've got folks uh, and they say, well, you know, I don't need, uh, you know, I could just put together some cheap stuff or whatever. And, uh, you know, I'm a great actor, but they don't know the voiceover business. They don't understand. Uh, you know, how to even do an audition, which again, you brought up COVID, you know, there's a lot of folks, especially on the West Coast now, outside of the West Coast, uh, and in, to some degree, New York, but LA, especially, you got a lot of big actors, big time voice people that just don't really do stuff from home. They don't understand how to operate a lot of this stuff because, you know, you could trip over a studio out there. Uh, so they're used to going in studio which is different than pretty much anywhere else in the country or anywhere else in the world. Uh, and so now, you know, a lot of them are scrambling and they're like, I got to get source connect and I don't even know what a dongle is and what am I doing? And, you know, they, some folks had to, uh, had to kind of catch up with the technology out there. So, but you need it all, you know, you need to know how to run the tech. You need to know uh, how to run your business. You need to know, you know, bookkeeping, you need to know engineering, you need to know marketing, you need to know, you have to be web savvy. You know, and this is all before, you know, being an actor, for God's sakes, which, is you know, and that sometimes becomes an afterthought, which is, you know, obviously ludicrous when you say it that way. But, uh, you know, I think a lot of people forget that they forget that it's voice acting. 
one of the things that I've noticed since COVID-19 is there are a lot of places that uh, and jobs I can't audition for because I'm not in Los Angeles. I'm in San Antonio and I've got a great home studio, but um, the studios are struggling. And if they start getting a pattern of connecting the client directly to the talent, they could be cut out. So I can understand why they're requiring people come in, but all of a sudden they're not allowed to require people to come in. And so the studios are needing people who record remotely and they're going outside of LA for, as far as I can tell, the first time looking for talents because the talents outside of LA can deliver, whereas many of the talents inside Los Angeles really can't deliver. This I think is going to create a big change. Um, you know, a lot of those places, again, LA is different, New York and LA, uh, as far as, you know, having people come in, but anywhere, any major city uh, has studios where they prefer that people come in, you know, there's dubbing studios in Texas, and uh, there's a lot of places in Chicago, and you know, wherever. And again, when they were forced to, you know, for a while, everyone just stopped, I mean, we stopped around here, we had stuff where it was like, you know, projects were just dropping right in the beginning, like, what happened to that one? Well, that's just a sports thing like that's gone you know there goes that restaurant project there goes that tourism project uh you know everything just kind of stopped for a bit and then they said all right well people are still making commercials or, or cartoons or whatever uh you know we need voices again and they they struggled to figure it out um but i think it's opened up a lot of eyes you know on that side and they said hey wait a minute this is kind of sucked actually for a bit that we were so stuck with the same group of folks or stuck with local people uh, and now the world is kind of our oyster um so great for them and great for talent that live outside of those areas but then of course if you live in la or something they say well now you know we got to compete with the rest of the world that's a drag um so what the end result is going to be is still up in the air but you know, it could be positive for a lot of people. It's especially going to be positive, you know, for the folks that are in flyover country. Yeah, you know, um, I, I think that there's been a perception for so long that you're a better talent by proximity if you just happen to live in Los Angeles. Um, and there are a lot of great talents all over the country. And, and I know several in Canada. And um, I, they're every bit as good as the people I'm hearing in New York and L.A., um, and I think that this might make a permanent change when they start finding people outside. I mean, now let me ask you this. What, what do you see? And this is sort of a union, non-union thing. Um, there was a day when I knew somebody who got a National Albertsons commercial and it paid off her house in one year. Are those spots still around? I mean, it feels like you have to win the lottery to get something like that. Uh, they're around. But, you know, so much stuff has just gone non-union. Uh, you know, everything has gone non-union. A lot of the producers, uh, they, you know, they're smart. Where, you know, hey, they, to do a union is kind of a pain in the butt and I've got to fill out paperwork and I have to deal with residuals and blah, blah, blah. So it was like a tiny bit more work. And so they say, ah, you know, I don't know if I want to deal with this. Um, but for a while, even the non-union stuff was paying scale or oftentimes way above scale and they didn't mind paying, you know, they said, Hey, listen, if we don't have to deal with the union stuff, um, then, you know, we'll do this campaign non-union and they paid through the nose and that was fine. They were happy to do that. Um, but now, you know, so many production houses are, are just offering, you know, the moon and the stars. You have things like uh, all cuts and versions or lifts or edits, whatever you want to call them. 
uh, becoming more commonplace in these non-union contracts. So they tell the client, well, you know, look, you can go union and now you've got to pay X amount per spot and you've got to pay for these residuals and they only get it for a certain amount of time. Or we go non-union and we have like a full buy. We pay for one spot, which is going to be lower uh, than it would be, you know, scale. And then we'll make an entire campaign out of it. You know, we'll, we'll ask for a couple alts. We'll make 20 spots and then we'll have the spots forever. Uh, you know, and we'll run them wherever we want. So now, you know, maybe they're paying, you know, really pennies on the dollar compared to what scale would be uh, and not worrying about, you know, when it's, uh, when it's time to re-up or any of that kind of thing. So, you know, if you're, you know, pinching pennies uh, and you're trying to get a commercial made, then that certainly makes a difference. But now, you know, there's massive, massive corporations uh, that are all going non-union as well. So, you know, union's not what it used to be, uh, sadly, very, very sadly. What kind of money would you think that a, um, a new voiceover talent should plan to invest? I always say, uh, don't buy a Subway franchise if you can't afford the bread. To keep people from getting in, undercapitalization is one of the major reasons that businesses fail. And these are businesses. So what do you think would be a good capital investment, including the training and the demos and the website and the marketing and the studio and all that? You know, I'm coming from an agent's point of view, uh, which is, you know, I don't really even start working with people until they've been in the game for a while. And so I don't know if that's that colors my opinion. Uh, but I think a slow start is really where it's at. I wouldn't recommend that people say, I'm going to be a voice actor. And so now I'm going to take 100 classes and I'm going to spend $20,000 on, uh, you know, gear and branding and website and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, this might not be for you, man. It's not going to be for most people. The vast majority of people that are dipping their toes in the water here are not going to make it uh, for whatever reason, you know, for they don't have the chops or they don't have uh, a thick enough skin, I think is what, you know, what gets a lot of people out of this business. Uh, you know, they don't realize the amount of time that has to be invested into this business. And especially in that startup time, you know, in the beginning, and they think, oh, I'm going to start this up and the money's going to start coming in. The money's not going to start coming in uh, right away. So if you're, you know, blowing tons of money up front, I think that's probably foolish. I would dip your toes in, start with some classes, 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 get a cheap, crappy mic because no one's, you're not going to be recording national spots, you know, get something good enough to record yourself so that you could play back so that you could listen to yourself so that you could track your progress so you could send it to your coaches or, or whoever you're working with. Um, and then, you know, as time goes on, you say, yeah, I still want to do this now. Okay, good. Upgrade, uh, you know, do better, go to more classes, go to conventions, go to whatever, get better gear, get more training, get more training, get what, you know, get a better demo. Cause now you're ready for it. Cause you've been doing this for a while, but just to, you know, pull up a, a dump truck full of money right in the beginning uh, is probably going to be a waste of money for, you know, 95% of people. And yet, if you don't have enough to do training and a demo, then, you, you know, you haven't gotten the foundation. You well, that's the thing. And a lot of people get upset about that. And again, it's, you know, it's this kind of hubris. You go, what exactly do you think you're trying to do here? If it was any other business, you would realize that you have to invest in it and that, you you know, there's going to be costs. I'm going to be a carpenter. Well, great for you. Do you know how to build things? Nope. Do you have any tools? Nope. Well, here are some tools. Oh, wow. Those are expensive. I don't want to buy that. Well, nope. 
you know, where are you coming from? I thought you wanted to be a carpenter. Well, yeah, I don't know. I thought I could just say it and then I'd be a carpenter. No, you need, <laughs> you need know-how and you need the right tools, um, you know, and it's anything else. And especially something like this, uh, which again, requires so much knowledge in so many different uh, areas, you know, that now that so many people are really kind of on their own and even super, super big shots that at one point, all they had to worry about, you know, was the acting because they already landed their great agents and they got the good roles and whatever, you know, now they got to figure out how to twiddle knobs uh, and go out there and market themselves and go out there and send invoices, whatever they have to do on their own. There's so many things that you have to know to make this work. Um, and to just think, you know, you're going to like just saunter in um, and not have to spend money or time or whatever is, you know, that's silly. Like, I mean, that's just silly. So what do you think will be the biggest change in the near future to the industry, either because of something like COVID-19 or these other changes, or maybe even something new? Uh, you know, we've been kind of status quo for a while. The rates certainly couldn't get any lower, uh, <laughs> although they probably will. Every time I say that, some new national Coca-Cola spot comes in for like $4. Um, you know, that trend, I think, you know, is almost really hit bottom. Uh, you know, and I think the bubble is ready to burst, really, uh, as far as people, you know, being interested in this. I think it became like a, um, you know, like I'm going to sell houses thing or I'm going to get into a pyramid thing. And, you know, everybody thought this is easy money. Uh, and voiceover is the world's worst get rich quick scheme. It's just horrible. Um, you know, again, it's you got to put in the work. So, I, you know, I think people are going to start to understand, you know, look, this is a little bit of hype. Not everybody can do this. You know, you need to be able to, uh, you need a certain skill set to be able to do this. And I think that'll be good. I think there's going to be less folks. There's going to be less, uh, you know, less than 47 billion websites out there that you got to slog through if you're trying to find a talent or God forbid, register a URL that's, you know, voiceover related. Um, and that, you know, that generally is going to be good for the industry. And a lot of people don't like that. Uh, they think that's a mean thing to say. Uh, you know, we don't need all these people and you got to, you know, bring in everybody with open arms and whatever. And, you know, hey, look, this is a business just like any other business. You know, before I was talking about you want to be a carpenter. You know, if we said, hey, all of a sudden, there's going to be like 2 million more carpenters out there. Nobody is going to think that's a great idea. No carpenter is going to say, fantastic. Uh, you know, they're going to say, that's a drag, man. So, uh, you know, for people that have already drank the Kool-Aid, for people that are already in the industry and are having problems with, you know, things going non-union and falling rates and that kind of stuff, um, you know, not having so many new people daily get into this thing, I think is good. And then the folks that do get in, um, you know, hopefully they get the message, man, you know, this is not easy and you got to level up, you got to step up your game, you got to get the training uh, and you got to work hard if you want to play with the big boys. I work at home and I work from nine to five. I'm not recording the whole time, but that's my business. I work from nine to five at home. Fortunately, I can take off a few hours and do something on occasion. I work my own schedule, but if you don't get up and go to work at nine or whenever, and if you don't consistently go to work every day and you just wait for the phone to ring, it's not gonna ring. You've well, you're off at five and it's not because you're done. 
It's not because you say, oh, well, you know, there, it's all done. So I'll knock off for the day. You're done because, you know, you got to eat and sleep and whatever. If, if you start a career in voiceover, you're done when you're dead. You know, they put you in the ground or you retire. That's when you have nothing else to do. There's always something to do. It's never like, well, I'm done. I'll knock off early today. Hey, you can knock off early if you want. There's certain great things about voiceover. But there's still stuff you need to do. There's stuff you need to learn. There's things that need to be updated. There's th- mm-hmm. there's always something that needs uh, to be done. So you know you could work 24 hours a day until you drop, um, and you won't be done. This is not. It's again, it's just not to be taken lightly. Yeah, I tell my voiceover students, even if they have to cancel at the last minute, I don't have a cancellation fee. I know most do, but I'm like, okay, realistically. It's not like I've got nothing to do. <laughs> so if you yeah. have to cancel, I'm going to be fine. We'll just do it again next week, you know. But, um, but I, t- I take weekends off. Uh, well, I worked yesterday, but most of the time I make an appoint. I will take weekends off. I don't even boot up my computer. But I actually feel guilty and dread Monday mornings. What did I miss over the weekend? But for my health, I need to take weekends off. You need to go on vacations um, because... The rest I'm of the like, time, you know, I haven't been on vacation in like six years. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had a day off. Of, I own the business, so my boss doesn't let me off. <laughs> yeah, well, you're a dad, also. Yeah, well, once the little one came, forget about it. That was yeah, uh, that was exactly. I mean, anywhere. so you've got two full time jobs. You know, there's there's folks. Uh, I'm terrible at that because my my job is my life. Uh, you know, my wife does it, my, you know, we're getting our kids into it. So everything is voiceover around here. So that makes it even tougher to not just do it all the time. And it just put it down. Um, but that, you know, that is positive, you know, for folks that have been doing this for a while, you do ha- need some downtime, you need to stop for a bit. But as an agent, I guess, just check your email, at least every once in a while, I mean, grab your phone, you know, because if <laughs> like, you know, maybe not the weekend, if you, you know, if you mustn't, but if it's, you know, 6 p.m., 7 p.m., and you're done, just look at your phone every once in a while because we might have called, texted, and uh, emailed you about a, you know something that just came up and we need you the next day. And uh, yeah. if you don't catch it until the first thing the next morning, you're going to be like, oh, no. <laughs> you know, what happened to the gig? Well, you weren't there, so we had, to, you know, we had to go with our second choice. And that's a weird thing about technology, you know, with this business now, everything is technology related and it's such a double-edged sword, you know? I mean, it's great because you go, well, I could, you know, I don't have to sit in my office all day. I could, you know, I could leave because I'm still connected. But then it's like, well, when do you really leave? You never get to leave because, you know, your watch goes off, your phone goes off, your everything's always beeping, uh, you know, for your attention. It's, um, it's crazy. But again, we're talking about this because... You know, there's always something to do. Yeah, it just is. COVID hasn't really had that much of an impact on me because I never leave the house anyway. <laughs> so, you know, for a lot of people, it's been really, really stressful. I mean, you know, but but for me, I, this is my life. So, okay, Eric, thank you very much for for your time and your insight. Um, I, I really appreciate it. You're one of my favorite agents. Oh, and stop. I'd love, I'm telling the truth on, and, um, and I'd love to have you back again another time soon on the voiceover insider podcast. Listen, you shoot me an email and I'll, I'll pick up the mic. I'll be on anytime you wish. Good, good. Well, expect to hear from me again soon. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks so much. Bye, Eric.